0: In the day in which we're living, it's good to be reminded that God makes a way for us oftentimes when there's not any way that is to be made from our perspective. It's great when we can see some examples, even in the Old Testament, where God makes a way when it looks like there is no way. And so we can be encouraged by that. Joshua chapter 3, Joshua chapter 3. It talks about the people of God and they're going to be taking a journey here and God is going to actually uh, part the waters for them to make a way for them to cross over into the land that he had given them. But in doing so, in God working a miracle out and making a way, he also tells them a very important point, and that is this, that when God makes a way for you and when God delivers you, you're also supposed to take those experience, experiences experiences and actually, they set up, but use those as memorials in your life. And those memorials will help you, and those memorials will help others that are around you. And those memorials will actually help those that come after you as well. So we'll look at the deliverance, and we'll look at the memorials, and hopefully it will be an encouragement to us. It says, Joshua rose up early in the morning, He came to Jordan, and he and all the children of Israel that lodged there before they passed over. And this is thousands and thousands of of folks, about 40,000. And it came to pass that after three days, the officers went through the host, and they commanded the people, saying, When ye see the ark of the Lord of God, your God, and the priests of the Levites bearing it, then ye shall remove from your place and go after it. You know, it's real important in our life as we live and as we make decisions in our life that we move when we're following the Lord. A lot of times we might get in the mindset or the habit to move faster than what the Lord wants us to. And we want God to put his seal of approval upon our plans When in essence, we should pray that God would give us a clear path and we move when the Lord instructs us to move. And that's what he's telling him right here. Now, Joshua had some insight as to what was going to take place. God had told him that he was going to follow Moses. If we go back to the first chapter, we can see that God called Joshua to lead the Israelites. Moses had died. And he says to Joshua, the Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, I have given unto you, as I said unto Moses. And then he describes the area that he's given, the land that he's given. And he said, there shall not be any man. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life as I was with Moses. So I will be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. So God is telling Joshua right here. He says, I'm going to be with you just like I was with Moses. I'm going to hold you up. I'm going to sustain you. I'm going to give you a path to take. He says, I'll be with you. I'll not fail you. And I'll not forsake you. Those are words that we could claim ourselves. It's not only meant for Joshua, but it's meant for us as well. He says, I'm going to be with you. I'm not going to fail you. And I'm not going to forsake you. And when we look at the Lord and how he's been in our lives, we can see that the Lord is with us. The Lord has never failed us and that the Lord has never forsaken us. But then he says to Joshua, Joshua, I want you to be of good courage. And unto the people thou shalt divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give unto them. I think that's real good for us to be reminded in the day in which we're living when uh, there's so many things that would be discouraging around us and that would discourage us in our own lives that we are encouraged, as Brother David brought forth, we're encouraged to be strong and to be of good courage but our strength and our courage is not in ourselves, but it's in the Lord. And that's what Joshua's reminded of, he says, the Lord is telling him, Joshua, you be strong in the Lord. You be of good courage. He says, only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. And he says, Joshua, turn not from it to the right hand or to the left so as that, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. He says the book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe and do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous and then thou shalt have good success. So he's telling Joshua right here, he says you keep the law, you meditate upon God's word, you meditate upon the Lord, you uh, keep his precepts, and he says... God's going to bless you to be prosperous, and he's going to bless you to have good success. Now, what he's talking about, that God is going to go before you, God is going to go with you. God is going to, as we've mentioned before, he's going to lower those high mountains, and he's going to raise up those deep valleys in your life. But he says, I want you to look to me, I want you to lean on me, and Joshua, I'm going to give you the land, and I'm going to give you everything that it takes to lead the people of God in that direction. So let's go back to chapter three and we'll go through chapter three and see what happens right here. So Joshua said to the people in verse five, he said, sanctify yourselves for tomorrow. The Lord will do wonders among you. Now, that's sort of uh, that's that's exciting to know that God is going to do wonders among his people. I really believe that there's great days ahead for his church. I really do. I don't ever preach uh, a primitive Baptist funeral for the church because I believe we have the same God that we had when this church was constituted back in 1934 or 36, Brother Bill, when your grandfather was instrumental in in the forming of this church. We have the same God. I was thinking about it the other day, the... Excitement that they must have had as they were making plans to uh, build the building, as the church was being formed, and as they had the constitution of the church. We witnessed that up at Southampton when the church up there was was started, when the hand of God was in the matter. And we claimed the promise that God is going to do great things among you. And that's what Josh was telling him right here. He says, You get ready. Because you're going to see some great things happen among you. And I believe that we can claim those promises as well. I believe we can. He says, the Lord's going to do great wonders among you. Joshua spake to the priest saying, take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass over before the people. And they took the Ark of the Covenant and went before the people. And the Lord said unto Joshua, this day will I begin to magnify thee in the sight of all Israel that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I'll be with thee. Now, God, it's good to be reminded right here that God blessed Joshua as he had blessed Moses. But God blessed Joshua and Moses, not so that Joshua and Moses would be elevated and lifted up, not so that we would look back upon Joshua and Moses and see what great men they were, God blessed Joshua and Moses so that God would be glorified. God was the one that gave them the power and God is the one that gets all the credit for it. He just used Joshua and Moses in, in, in showing forth his power. But it wasn't that the power that they had because they didn't have the power in and of themselves. It was only what God blessed them to have and what God gave them. We need to be reminded of that, that all glory in every case when God works a miracle, when God sustains us, when God delivers us, he does it in such a way that he gets all the credit and he gets all the glory. All of it goes to him. Says the Lord said, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to strengthen you, Joshua. I'm going to bless you. He says, Thou shalt command the priest that bear the Ark of the Covenant, saying, When ye come to the brink of the water of Jordan, ye shall stand still in the Jordan. Now it says that Jordan, this time of the year, always was outside of its banks. So as these folks are preparing to make a journey on dry ground, it um, it not only was a miraculous event that God put it in the heart of Joshua to part the waters for them to make this journey on dry ground, but it actually took a lot of faith of the individuals that were going to make that journey. Those folks had to lean on their faith that God had given them. It's an example that God had given them faith that they actually followed in that parting of the water. Um, I I think about myself how I would probably be pretty reluctant to walk out into the middle of the river if I saw water... uh, uh, staying on each side very, very high up. And it would take faith to be able to even do that. And God had blessed them with the faith to even follow in that in that course. Uh, last year, my family and I were in New Mexico, and the cabinet we were staying in is, is right next to a river. And uh, it's usually a real small river, and you can fish in it, and you can uh, walk through it, and, and it's just a really pleasant place to be, and we just enjoy it so much. And, and I was outside, and my family had gone to town, and I was outside, and, and the sun was shining. And all of a sudden, the river started rising. I mean, substantially. Substantially. And it just continued to rise and continued to rise, and I thought, "This is the strangest thing. Is there something wrong with me?" And 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 it just kept rising to the point that it got up close to the cabin. Cabin's built up on stilts. It finally began to run underneath the cabin. I left the cabin. I, I went to higher ground, and I thought, "This is this is." And and not only that, but what made it even worse is the the river that was normally uh, a blue water, it be- began to look a dark gray and black color. And I thought, this is so strange. And so I, I went to up to a little bit higher ground. Other people began to come out of their houses and cabins, and we began to talk. And what we realized was that, that uh, on the top of the mountain, it was flooding up on the top of the mountain, and even though the sun was shining where we were, this water was flowing down faster and faster and, and more swiftly, and it was turning dark because there had been a forest fire up there before, and it was the ash from the forest fire that made the river turn dark. But I tell you it was a pretty unsettling event and 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 I wasn't just real excited about going to bed in that cabin the next night. I thought, what if that happens in the nighttime? It didn't wash it away, but it made me a little nervous. Well, I can't imagine what it must have been like when this river that's overflowing its banks, when you come to the edge of the river and then all of a sudden you see a miracle from God. And I'm sure that as they begin to step out and cross that river, as God stayed that water, I imagine that some of them probably thought to their own self, you know what? I don't deserve this miracle. I don't deserve this blessing. I'm not worthy of it. I'm probably the Jonah right here. And it's very likely that the waters may come crashing forth because I'm more like Jonah than I am like Joshua. Imagine some thoughts went through some of their minds. But look what happens. It says that Joshua... Told the people, you're going to see a miracle. You're going to witness a miracle. In fact, not only are you going to witness a miracle, you're going to be a part of this miracle. You're going to experience it yourself. And it says that when the priest came to the, uh, to the, The edge of the water, it says, And thou shalt command the priests that bear the ark of the covenant, saying, When ye are come to the brink of the water of Jordan, ye shall stand still in Jordan. And Joshua said unto the children of Israel, Come hither and hear the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, Hereby ye shall know that the living God is among you, and that he will drive out without fail From before you, the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Hivites and the uh, Peserites. And he says uh, all of those, he says he's going to drive out from before you because God is giving you the land. He will. God is going to sustain you and you're going to know that God is with you. I truly believe that God is with us. I believe that we experience a lot of blessings in this life. I believe we experience a lot of the freedoms that we experience here in this life. Not because we're so good and so worthy and so deserving. But it's because God blesses us and God is with us. God blesses America. A lot of things that are not right. A lot of things are not perfect. But God has his hand upon America. God blesses us. And we're still able right now. To come together and to worship in freedom. We don't have to worry whether we meet here or Old Brick or any place that we go. We can come together and worship the Lord. And we're not worrying about what may be taking place to hinder those efforts of worship. I pray God will continue to bless us in that capacity. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth passeth over before you into into Jordan. Now, therefore, take you 12 men out of the tribes of Israel and out of every tribe of man, and it shall come to pass that as soon as the soles of the feet of the priest that bear the ark of the Lord, that the Lord of all the earth shall rest the waters of Jordan and that the waters of Jordan shall be cut off from above and they shall stand upon and heap. And it shall come to pass when the people removed from their tents to pass over Jordan and the priest bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people, that as they bear the Ark and they were come unto Jordan and the feet of the priests that bear the Ark were dipped into the brim of the water, it says, for Jordan overfloweth its banks all the time at the time of harvest, that the waters which came down from above stood and rose up from the very city of Adam. And that is beside, and it says that they came down, and it says that the priests that bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of Jordan, and all the Israelites passed over on dry ground until all the people were clean, passed over Jordan. So the, the Lord stayed the waters. I've heard it said that, uh, that uh, one way of explaining this was that there was a certain wind that occurred at this time. That uh, maybe like a, uh, a, a tornado or a hurricane or something like that, that stayed the waters. Well, I don't know how that God did it. God didn't need the wind to do it, God didn't need a tornado to do it. He could have used that if he wanted to. But what's interesting, not only did he stay the waters, but it's interesting that as these folks walked across, that one of the things about where water's been, it's usually pretty muddy. But as they walked across, it says they walked across on dry ground. Well, there's no way that man could cause that to happen. But with God, all things are possible. And so there might be some things in your life right now, some things that you see around you, that it looks like from your perspective, they're impossible. But they're not impossible with God. God can make a way when there seems like there is no way. And God can not only patch it up, but he can make it better than before when God does it himself. And it says, when all the people were clean passed over Jordan, I think that's pretty neat that he says right here, that he said, all the people, every one of them. He didn't leave any behind. There weren't some that didn't make it. Do you know that's the same way it is about how that God saves his people, all the people that Jesus Christ died for upon the cross of Calvary will be with him in glory. He's not going to lose a single one. God delivers all of his people. He says it came to pass when all the people were clean plastered over Jordan that the Lord spake unto Joshua saying, he says, now I want you to do something. He says, take out. Of the twelve men of the people, one out of every tribe, and he commanded them, saying, Take you hence out of the midst of Jordan, out of the place where the priest's feet stood firm, twelve stones, and ye shall carry them over with you, and leave them in a lodging place where ye shall lodge this night. Joshua called the twelve men, and he comes down and he says, And Joshua said unto them, Pass over before the ark of the Lord. ...into the midst of Jordan, and take up every man of you a stone upon his shoulder, according to the number of tribes of Israel, that this may be a sign among you, that when your children ask their fathers in time to come, by saying, What mean ye by these stones? Then ye shall answer them, that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord, when it passed over Jordan... And the waters of Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. And it says the children of Israel did so. And it says on down that the memorial is still still there that was set up to this miracle that God had performed. I love going to the old meeting houses, especially to Old Brick Church that we go to and have services. It's a it's a wonderful, pleasant place to meet and worship. And I believe that the, the building itself actually stands as a memorial. It's been there almost 300 years. The very same gospel that was preached when old brick was established in the early 1700s, some say 1732, 1724, early 1700s, almost 300 years ago. That meeting place stands in Harford County as one of the oldest dwelling places to worship. And it stands as a memorial and it represents something. It represents the very same gospel that you believe today. It represents that we believe in a sovereign God. It represents that we believe in election and in predestination. And we believe that that God chooses a people and he delivers a people and he saves a people. It represents something when we go there. It's more than just a building, but it's a memorial. It's also a memorial to all of the saints that have believed the Apostles' Doctrine through the years, many of them which are buried in the cemetery around. And any time that we go to a meeting house, uh, whether they're meeting now on a regular basis or not, the meeting places in the cemetery stand as memorials of what those forefathers believed and embraced. I remember when I first began to visit among the Primitive Baptist Church, there were certain memorials that we had in the church that I didn't understand. I remember asking my grandparents, and I would say, well, why is it that we do it this way? Why is it that we do it that way? Why is it that we don't have musical instruments, an organ over here and a piano over here and, and the other accompaniments as well? Why is it that we don't do that? And my grandparents would look at that as a memorial or a tribute a monument to the church and the doctrine that we believed, and they would sit down with the scriptures and they would they would show me. They said in the New Testament, church, the Lord has created the most wonderful instrument of all, and that is your voice. And that it doesn't actually need any accompaniments along the way that actually, when you begin to add things, it takes away from the simplicity of the worship service. I remember when Uh, The first time I I remember the first time I didn't grow up believing the doctrines of grace. It wasn't that I opposed it. I just never had heard about it. It it wasn't that I uh, 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 argued against it. I had never heard the doctrines of grace. Uh, What I had understood was that that Jesus Christ uh, uh, gave his life and in giving his life, it gives everybody an opportunity to get to heaven. And I thought that that it was it was an opportunity that was presented and that it was important for me to respond to that offer that was given and that my eternal destiny was dependent upon what I would do. And so when I first heard about the doctrines of grace, I remember inquiring and asking. And uh, once again, my grandparents, they were so gracious and so patient and so willing to, 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 to bear a be long suffering with me. They said, well, let's look at what the scriptures have to say about it. And when I began to read the scriptures about election and about predestination. And that God chose the people from before the foundation of the world. And that Jesus came, that Jesus Christ came and paid a price for those people. And that he didn't lose a single one of them. All of a sudden it began to make sense. And it began to be precious to me. This morning, I hope you can... Tune in and listen to it. I encourage you to Google the Baptist Bible Hour and hear Brother Bradley's message. I'm sure Brother Tom and others heard it this morning. It was just simply titled God's Amazing Grace. This month, Elder Bradley is starting on his 70th year in delivering messages over the radio. And it was a wonderful message about God's amazing grace. God's amazing grace is a testament and a memorial to the doctrine of Jesus Christ. It is. And it's something that you just can't wear out, but it just becomes more and more precious to you. If if you've been given something that's that's really precious, you you, you don't really wear it out through the years. It becomes more and more precious to you. A few years ago, I... uh, I called a, a great aunt of mine. She's almost 100 years old. She lived to be over 100. She and her sister both lived to be 100 years old. And I went to see her in San Antonio, Texas, and she said, I've got something for you that I'd like to give you. She said, we've had breakfast at a, down there it's a, a Shoney's. It's probably like Denny's up here, but I am her and we had breakfast. And she had this wrapped in an old pillow slip several times over And she said, this is our family Bible. She said, the Bloyd family Bible, I didn't even know it existed. But it went back five generations. Well, the more that I handle it, the more I look at it, the more I dig into it, the more precious that it becomes. And that's the way it is with these memorials that God gives you. The more you look at it, the more you meditate on it, the more precious that it becomes. You've been given memorials by your parents and your grandparents. Some of you have great memories of coming to church here as children with those that are now with the Lord, but they left some wonderful memorials. And you're building some memorials right now with your family and with those that are around you. Joshua said, I want you to set up a memorial. And when they ask, when your children ask, their fathers... What meaneth by these stones? Then you have the opportunity to tell them over and over again. I enjoy going to Washington and and looking at the different monuments and reading the inscriptions upon them. I enjoy going to the cemeteries and, and looking at the names of individuals and looking at some of the inscriptions that are upon those memorials as well. In, uh, in Hopewell, New Jersey near the old uh, school Baptist church there, started in 1715 the third oldest in America, Old Baptist uh, there's a, 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 a cemetery, a, a gravestone for uh, Joseph Hart and it talks about his involvement with the the Declaration of Independence. It talks about his involvement with Congress in the early days and in the Revolutionary War and all those different times. And it's really a blessing to be able to look at those memorials and those monuments and to glean back to a past time. Well, the Lord said, Joshua, I'm going to deliver the people. I've called you to lead them, and I'm going to be with you. And you're going to see some great things happen. And then when those great things happen, you set up memorials to where when they ask you, you can tell them exactly why those great things happened. I believe we need to be reminded in the day in which we live that there's some good days ahead of us in our own lives. I believe in our families, in our churches, in our country, We can pray for and we can look forward to some wonderful blessings of the Lord. And then when we experience them, we're going to be able to look back and we're going to say it was because God had mercy on us. God shed his grace upon us and he delivered us. Great example of a miracle of the Lord. It talks about how that over 40,000 passed over. When the Lord parted the waters, stayed the waters, and they walked over on dry ground. And they looked back upon it and saw the mighty working of God. Each one of us in our own life can look back upon those monument times that God blessed us. And when we do that, it's going to sustain us and help us in the days ahead. God bless you.